latest emergency podcast edition to hear that podcast ground presented by visa network working for everyone paul Inter jr jay morrison again late into the night working for you we it's free agency week jay we this is our weekly evening chat that that we do you know what evening chat and i go slam a couple of beers and fall asleep and wake up tomorrow and do it all over again i, I have not had a single i'm wearing green but I have I not had a single drink today, so I, I do. I think that might be in my future, too, after we wrap this up. And I think this is the the point where maybe we say, I told you so. Be patient, people. Things are starting to happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, things happen today. Things happen today. Things are happening. I'm, I'm looking forward to We're going to quickly tick through the news before I drink my one Guinness that I drink every year. Uh, And so we're we're, we're just what we're going to do. We're going to start. We're going to go through all the news of the day, starting with the big news um, and run through them. Um, Let's start here. Lael Collins, as we told you, all eyes have been on this all week waiting for the Dallas shoe to drop. It does. They do release Lael Collins. Bengals immediately pounce and fly him into Cincinnati. He lands, and you know those of you who have read The Athletic, listened to the podcasts, have heard stories of the big precinct dinner and Joe Burrow, the Pied Piper recruiter, coming in and selling Riley Reef and Mike Hilton's eating steak burrow. And we've got, I think, every detail of that dinner has been rehashed by uh, all of those of us here locally that talked about what happened last year. And it was such a it's kind of the beginning of uh, blossoming of something special, what they felt to be something special. Special uh, and it turned out to be the case. Well, part two, right? I'll uh, just try to re rack that baby because it sure worked out last time just fine. So that Lael Collins comes into town, lands, and uh, Ted Karras already in town, and off to the precinct they go. Uh, the recruitment dinner begins, and uh, we will see what happens next. It is a matter of can they get the deal done. Leo Collins has suitors. The Bengals are not alone. They are the most aggressive, as you might imagine, because they're in the best situation to be that. They've got the cap space. They've got the, the offensive line coach connection. They've got the LSU connection. they got Joe Burrow. Uh, they've got all those things working for them, and so they are selling Leo Collins like hell right now. But the question is, Will the money work? Will the money line up? We know this is a short shelf life podcast here for you, but we're here to talk about where it sits right now as we record it on St. Patrick's Day evening here, Thursday night. I would expect Friday morning we'll have action on this of figuring out where it lands. But for now, as we record it, the the recruitment is on and everything will get figured out uh, where where it ends up working out tomorrow. And you know it's going to be a full court press. It's like the car salesman. You go in and you look at the car. They don't want you walking off the lot because they know if you walk off the lot, they're probably never going to see you again. And I think it's big that this was the first place that he came. And they, it would make sense that they are going to do everything they can to not let him leave Cincinnati without a deal. Would he be willing to do that? I mean, he, he doesn't have to visit these other places to to know what they're offering. They can they can converse with the agent and all that can be done over the phone. Um, but he the fact that he came here first and the fact that he has that relationship with Frank Pollock, I think is huge. 
you're right. It ultimately comes down to money, but the, the, the Bengals are in the catbird seed right now. They can, they can put on that whole show, Joe Burrow, the coaches, everybody that's there that can convince Lael Collins that this is the place for him. And, you know, you, you then put the final puzzle piece in for this line as we've been talking about. Yeah. This is a very, I wrote about it tonight. This is a crossroads moment. There's just not a lot of options like this. There's not a lot of solutions like this. You're going to get more rationalization and band-aids if you can't make this happen. Um, you know, you can't just bring in a top 10 guy who's such a good fit for you. Um, there's, there are, there going to be questions involved in it and, and issues that he's had. Sure. The physical is a part of this. The money's a part of this. The, the you know, d- dealing with you know, a guy who's, Look, had character stuff going on. I mean, he had the, the the bribery of the drug tester last year thing. We have five game suspension and and everything that happened around his draft situation. But Frank Pollock knows him, so they feel good about it. The question is, can they get it done? If they can get it done, your line will look like this: Jonah Williams at left tackle, some combination of the kids at left guard, Jackson Carmen, Deontay Smith, maybe another rookie, maybe Quentin Spain gets re-signed on a cheap deal. A lot of options that you could put into any one of those coming to the surface at left guard. Ted Karras at center, uh, right guard, Alex Kappa, right tackle, Lael Collins. That dog will hunt, as Dave Lapham likes to say, and that will win you some games when you pair it with the weapons that you have on the outside. They, But if they don't get this done... You start talking about a lot lesser options at right tackle. You start talking about other things. Maybe you do something interior at guard. Either way, it doesn't have that same full-scale rehab punch that this one can create for you. So, again, we'll see where it lands. But big moment here for the Bengals and the biggest question that surrounds them organizationally, and that is will they leave no doubt? Will they leave no doubt that they are here to fix the offensive line? They are serious about it, and they will not take no for an answer and prove to Joe Burrow and everybody else that follows this team, everybody that knows the problem with this team, that they are serious about keeping him upright, protecting him, and investing in it, even if it means going and putting them in some uncomfortable places, overpaying or whatever it all is. Um, and I think to, you know that's the moment they find themselves at right now. Let's continue on down this line, though, because there's a lot of news to tick through, and all of them have a consistent theme. Bar, pretty good bargains, pretty good value. When you have value, 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 value found over and over again, including Kappa and Karras, who you got you know, for decent value when you consider they fixed two offensive line spots, and you're on a rookie contract, and you have space that allows you to spend for the big piece that comes in later whether, when we're talking about Collins. Hayden Hurst is signed at tight end. We talked about yesterday. CJ Uzama leaves. What are they going to do? Tyler Conklin, they weren't able to get a deal done with. They end up landing on Hurst two years in Baltimore, two years in Atlanta. Okay. Some productive years. I mean, his first year in Atlanta, 56 receptions, about 10 yards per reception, six touchdowns. The type of stuff that you'll take. He's kind of a Swiss Army knife type duck type guy who can do a little bit of everything. First round pick out of South Carolina in 2018, still young, 28 uh, years old. So you've got somebody who can kind who can hold down that position. Not flashy. 
but very solid and on a decent deal. I think it, the number reported was three and a half, four million. So nothing, nothing, no big deal uh, money wise there. Solid and, and Jay leaves you in a position where you sign the veteran stopgap. You can draft, take advantage of this mid round tight end draft where it's not a top heavy, but you love a lot of the mid round depth. Get a guy there who's maybe got a year of development he needs to do, can be rotational, and boom, you feel like maybe you have your starter next year or you're revisiting this in a better spot next offseason. Either way, this is your bridge to get you through at that position. Yeah, absolutely. And, and this is this is the exact kind of guy they wanted where I, maybe even a better deal than what you could have hoped for. A, a, a former – not a former. He was a first-round pick. Um he only has four drops in his entire career, and they all came in 2020 when he had his biggest year, 88 targets that year, four drops. That's 6%. You'll take that. No drops his other three seasons. That's that's what you want. You want a solid, dependable, sure-handed guy that can block and be a mentor to whoever the young guy is they bring in. And it could be second, third, fourth round. I mean, if, if they go – if they have money left and they get a, if they get Collins and they get a corner, all of a sudden you're, you are wide open. You can go any direction. Uh, and if there's a, a tight end you like, even on day two, go get him and, and really try if a, a dynamic guy that can open up this offense. But Hurst is, I, I don't think he's lived up to that first round billing, but you mentioned he's 28. There, there is a long way to go in his career, and he could, he could maybe find something with with another change of scenery here in Cincinnati, in this offense where he's going to have plenty of opportunity. All right, let's take a second and switch gears here and hear from a sponsor. That's just it. We're talking about a guy who. Um, is going to have plenty of one-on-ones, plenty of being schemed open. That's what they like. They like guys. Joe Burrow loves guys that catch the ball when he throws it to them, mm-hmm. and they, they can scheme open, and he can use it. They don't need him to go dominate. You know, They need him to go get open and catch it when he's open And uh, because guess what? All the attention is going to be on everybody else but him. So it's that it's taking advantage of those spots and not missing those spots. And we'll see, you know, I mean, if you get something of the production that he got his first year in Atlanta, you're talking about 50 catches and 560 yards and six touchdowns out of a tight end when you have these guys around you offensively. I mean, you know, what, what did C.J. Uzama just have? I mean, we're talking about similar type of numbers if you're talking about recreating that and you're getting it for half the price money left over to be used elsewhere um, for a number of different places that are still available. Now, let's tick through. Eli Apple, he's back. One year, $4 million. That sound familiar, Jay? That's exactly where we slotted him on Choose yeah. Your Adventure. Um, one year, $4 million deal. It, because it was, it's a, it's about what you deserve for a guy like Eli Apple, who had a nice year, but the you know, jury's still out. You know, I think he came in aggressively, thinking he would get more. Nobody came calling, just like we kind of thought would be the case. Bengals were the team that had him as the the most value to them, so they make the deal. They bring Eli Apple in. Here, here's the thing: we said it all along. For the right price, you love Eli Apple. You love and I and he was always the right fit because look, if you end up having to run it back, and you go Hilton, Apple, Cheeto, Bates and Bell back there, you you've been to the Super Bowl with that crew and played damn well doing it. Um, so you you're not gonna 
hesitate. You're not going to freak out if Eli Apple's your opening day starter. But it allows you to preferably at 31, mm-hmm. at 63, draft a corner who comes in. Maybe he beats him out in camp. Maybe he comes in and he's an instant star. That's your ideal world is that he beats him out. Eli Apple's the fourth corner, and he's coming off the bench. Uh, or maybe he doesn't. It takes time. Apple's a starter, and eventually an injury happens, and the, the pick plays, and he's great. And then and then, and then you, you move on. It sets you up to be good in the short and the long run. But that I think it really – because I don't anticipate seeing, you know, another cornerback coming in here, at least not one of major significance. Uh, an early round pick definitely going to be devoted to corner and looking for that corner of the future there. Yeah, because even if the corner doesn't beat out Eli Apple, it's, if it's a first or second rounder, he's going to have a lot of talent. He's going to bring the best out in Eli Apple. He's going to raise Eli Apple's game. If if, if Eli Apple beats him out, it, it's earned and you feel much better about him at least starting the season. Maybe he doesn't, maybe he doesn't play the whole season as a starter, but if you, if you can have a starting corner for 4 million a year, that's a hell of a bargain. And you, you said it. it's been the, the whole theme of this week has been bargains and you, you, your rookie is going to be on a very manageable contract. So it's going to, it's going to be interesting to see because it's obviously Eli, it, Part of it is not having the other offers out there, but he he likes it here, and he's gonna he's got a new position coach. Um, that's going to be another piece of it there, where maybe they can unlock, the the new guy Chuck Burke can maybe unlock something that Steve Jackson wasn't able to. So I know there's some frustration with Eli Apple, but it, you bring that guy back with the year he had for four million dollars, and it just it, again it just opens up all your options with that that first even that second round pick. Yeah, I mean, I think Eli Apple slots to where he should for a guy who's had his career path and current spot, and that's he's like a fringe starting corner uh, who, with some upside, who is not going to break your bank. Boom. That's what they ended up getting with Eli Apple, and it kind of fills that need that we thought that they had, and it, and it checks more of the boxes we're going to continue to just like run it back with a better offensive line box. Like it just feels like this whole week has been that let's let's get a better offensive line and run it back, and that's that's really where we're at. Outside of CJ going to the Jets, you know, is the only one where they could have come in and 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 you know and found a way to get CJ to come back here, but outside of that. Get the guys back. Keep the momentum rolling. Let's get a better line for Burrow and go win the damn thing. That's that's really kind of how it feels because Brandon Allen is back. No surprise. We told you this was a no-brainer. The Burrow and Allen have a good relationship. That's super important to the coaches to keep that room comfortable and healthy for Burrow. And they know Allen can come in and play in a pinch if he needs to. They're comfortable with who he is as a quarterback. And so that all meshed well. It was a no-brainer. This is going to happen. It happens today. Um, Josh Tupo signed back two years, uh, two-year deal for Tupo. Again, Good rotational depth value, run it back, check the box. Um, a guy who can kind of back up both spots a little bit, mostly reader, uh, but you know, you can put him in. He can, he, he's really good in that five, two slash three, four, 
uh, front that, that, that Luana Rumo likes to run where you can put him in there in the three tech or whatever, uh, or, or he can come in there and fill in for a pinch for you if you have either of your defensive tackles down and has been pretty effective for what he is. And, and, uh, so Tupo back, that's, uh, you know, another box check. Yeah, I'm, I I tweeted it out. He he came here in 2017 as an undrafted free agent, and he now among Bengals in that locker room has played the twelfth twelfth most games of anybody on this team. And he sat out a year, and he is he has put together a really nice career. And, and the fact that they signed him to two years and not one, I think, says something too. That he again, it's 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 bargain, it's value. It's it's the kind of piece that that you need to to solidify that D line and Mike Thomas. Both Mike Thomases fall into that 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 basket as well. And, and it's it's just all these these guys that played key roles, not superstars, but the the, the depth that you need, the quality depth, and and both Mike Thomases playing special teams. It's 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 pretty much what we thought would happen that they, they they didn't go get these guys right away they had bigger things that they were monitoring and now that some things have started to take shape and that the collins thing is is moving forward and, and they know where that stands they were able to get these other guys under contract and yes it's it's not the big splashy thing that that, that a lot of fans want to see but these are the moves you have to make to keep this team relevant if you're if you're not going to go out and get the big stars Yep, and you mentioned Mike Thomas, the receiver Mike Thomas to go with the safety Mike Thomas from yesterday, back on a one year deal. And again, that's a that's another one of those got to make the team to get your money. Mm-hmm. But um, we'll see what additions they make the depth of that room. But a guy who's played good on special teams, I mean, comes out of nowhere and catches a seventeen yard ball in the Super Bowl. So you know, you, you you've got uh, the ability to step in and do that if you need it. So kind of a insurance policy a bit there uh, at receiver and, and and another nice piece. So. It flips forward to tomorrow. I think we're expected to be able to talk to uh, uh, Alex Kappa, Ted Harris tomorrow, and uh, maybe more. Uh, we don't know. We don't know how, what all is going to surface, um, but we're hoping that tomorrow will be a day where we'll be able to talk to some of these guys uh, that are in town. So keep an eye out for that whenever that maybe does or does not uh, come to fruition and obviously keep it locked to the athletic. I have a column up now on the crossroads that we discussed earlier that this Lael Collins thing ends up being for them organizationally of finally being able to take the big swing at the offensive line, what it means in the big picture, and a few other nuggets in there for you that you might like. I know a lot of people have been asking uh, about J.C. Treader. I do not get the impression that they have interest in J.C. Treader, especially if they sign Collins. If they sign Collins, I think this is the move. This is the deal. This is the one. There's not going to be some other move that's going to come in behind it. Um so you know, a few other nuggets in there for you, but a lot of stuff on kind of just the, the state of the state of what this this moment means for the line and kind of taking that last step. Um, outside of that, the AFC just gets stronger and stronger. Devontae Adams to the Raiders. The AFC West is just an unbelievable arms race at this point. And, uh, you know, Buffalo loads up. Everybody in the AFC West loading up. Everybody loading up in the AFC. It's just... Uh, it's a hell of a conference right now that's going to be an absolute bear to get through. You almost feel like if you don't sign Collins now, you're falling way behind, even though you've still got so many pieces coming back and you're coming off the Super Bowl and everything else. So now the Bengals will try over the next couple of days to join that group of people that are all loading up in the AFC for what figures to be a highly entertaining 
season. On that note, uh, we're out of here. Keeping keep everything locked to us on Twitter, on the Athletic. Uh, we'll have every every bit uh, coming at you as soon as it breaks. So, thanks everybody for listening. Hope everybody has appreciated our evening chat on the morning uh, on the uh, hear that podcast ground emergency session. So, have a good one, everybody. Mm-hmm.